0: Welcome to From the Tailgate, where we talk sports and music, all the while we sit up on the tailgate with the grill fired up and a cold adult snack in our hand. You know what I'm talking about. We are psyched for you to join us, so drop your tailgate and listen in as we bring in some great guests from the world of football, music, and pitmasters, helping your grill game, and local brewers guiding us to the best local craft beers. All right, let's get to the show.
1: Welcome to an episode of From the Tailgate. Welcome in, y'all. It's Cliff, the Commish, and it's a Friday. We're a little bit late getting this out this week, but I guess with everything going on, you kind of can understand why. It's been a crazy week, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it because it's been talked about to death, and we're a tailgate show. So, if we were... At a tailgate, it would be part of the conversation, but it wouldn't be all of the conversation. And that's kind of how today is going to be. I'm disappointed in everything that has transpired this week. I think a lot of people are to blame for it. And there's not a whole lot of credit to go around, other than, of course, our first responders doing the best that they could given the situation to handle it. I think it's a big black eye to the United States of America, a country I'm so proud to be a part of. But with that, I'm going to let it go. I look forward to a 2021 that shows exactly who we can be when we really put our minds to it. Now, let's get to the fun stuff. So, it's Wild Card Weekend. Say that a few times fast. Wild Card Weekend. Anyway... And it's going to be a blast. I fully plan on being in front of a television from noon on Saturday till midnight or so on Sunday for these games. These games are all exciting for a different reason. I'm pumped up for them. And, you know, I'm disappointed, obviously, that our beloved Patriots are not in the tournament, as it's getting to be called these days, this year, but there's something cool about it. We as New England Patriot fans can just sit back and watch it all transpire and come to a culmination of the Super Bowl where we eat amazing food, drink some cool drinks, Katie Cocktail's sure to provide some of those for you. Joey Grapes, sure, to provide you some interesting beers of choice. And Adam is uh, working on something huge for the food side of things. So we've got some tips coming over the process of the playoffs. But we're going to have a Super Bowl Sunday where we're not sitting there with an upset belly, worrying about or thinking about what the Patriots are going to do, how the Patriots are going to do it. Are they going to win? Are they going to lose? Et cetera, et cetera. This is just fun for the next few weeks. Unless, of course, you're a fan of some other team and you just happen to be living here in New England. And to you, I say, have a ball. We're, t- we're taking this off. This is a COVID 2020 season off for the Patriots, and we look forward to what they bring to the table next year. Speaking of next year, the main topic that's floating around is who's going to be our quarterback? Well, I don't think anybody really knows, except for probably four or five people, but I'm um, sliding all my chips into the middle of the table to say it will not be Cam Newton. And I'll leave the chips there on a double down to say it will not be Stidham as well. If it was going to be Stidham, the minute that this season was behind us in an opportunity for the playoffs, Stidham would have been starting every game just to see what we've got. That did not happen. Uh, I'm convinced that on opening day next year, we will be led by a different quarterback. Now, speaking of opening day next year, I don't know if you've all seen it, but the one and only Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to town for a home game against the Patriots. Tell me that's not going to be crazy good tailgate stuff. Now, we don't know what the date of it is yet. We just know we'll be there in full tailgate grandeur. I'm also looking forward to the fact that the Cleveland Browns are coming to town. Like them, not like them, doesn't really matter, but their swagger is fun. Baker Mayfield, I've enjoyed watching him this year. It's been a lot of uh, fun watching his his way, we'll call it. So all in all, I'm excited about what's going to happen next year. In the meantime, we got a few weeks till pitchers and catchers report. My beloved Celtics are playing well, and I'm excited about that. But today's show is going to be more centered around grilling. We've got a great guest joining us by phone um, from her palatial estates in Massachusetts. Um, and her name is Rachel, and she's known on social media as the Barbecue Bombshell. Of course, the Mad Scientist will be here with us to join in all discussions as it relates to food, and they've got some cool topics, so I'm looking forward to hearing from them. And then Joey Grapes is bringing two beers that are appropriate for this cold-ass weather, and he's going to go over those as we transition from the holiday stuff to some nice stouts for these cold long winter days these days every morning when i'm ready to head out onto the road jump in ruby and go wherever we got to go there are a few things that i've got to have with me now obviously you're always searching for your keys and then it's your phone and now it's your mask how many times have you forgotten that had to go back in and get it but for me, it's also my turvis tumbler. I've got a Patriots Tervis tumbler. It fits perfectly into the cup holder in Ruby. And during the day, it keeps my coffee hot as I jump in and jump out of the car. And at night when I'm done and I want to have a cold stout beer, which you drink a little bit slower these days, or at least I do, it keeps it cold. So it's my go-to. It stays with me all the time. And I'm happy. Tervis is a great product, been around a long time, and does a great job. If you go on over to our website, fromthetailgate.com, you can check them out by pressing on the icon. It'll take you to their site, and they have some special deals going on for all us tailgaters right now. In fact, I think they have free shipping as well. Take a look at these things. They're really good, and they're value-priced. And, hey, if you want to customize yours with uh, your Jeep, or uh, maybe a a dog family members whatever you can do that now too check them out have a great day okay we are on to one of the things that i just love more than existence and i want to start off by saying there's been a lot of noise out there about dry january we are boycotting here on the show dry January. And here's why. 8% of the beer manufactured in this country is manufactured by small breweries. They are small local businesses. If you really feel like you need to go dry for January, do us a favor, go to your local favorite brewery or try someone new and just stock up for February. Let's keep these guys rolling. They work their tails off. And so we have with us Joe, and Joey Grapes, you've brought with us two beers. One we decide we're not going to try this morning because Adam left his man card in his refrigerator. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the man card beer, and then we'll get into that greater good. So
0: the the one that Adam cannot drink is going to be the Newport Craft Malasada Stout. Um, so it is a imperial milk stout with sugar, uh, milk sugar, which is what will kill Adam, um, and cinnamon bun extract. And it is a fat 11%, the uh, least dry January beer I could think of. Um, local, it's, it's big, it's sweet, it's
1: kind of a dessert beer. So for those of you who don't know, Newport Craft is originally Newport Storm. Newport Storm, yep. And they've been here since craft beer was
0: craft beer. Yeah. So uh, they make some great stuff. And uh, the, the rebranding they did was, I want to say, t- two or three years ago where they made the Switch. Um, and they basically had a core line of products that they put out since then. Um, but this is one that they, to the best of my knowledge, have never done before. Um, and it was a fairly limited production, so I was really fortunate to be able to get my hands on some of it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's. I figured something in the theme of anti-dry January and also a stout because it's winter and, you know. Yeah, and it feels like a stout kind of day. Okay. drink it. You just got hang with me after. That's not happening. Man, we, it, it, you know, and if we weren't so short on time, I'd, I'd love to take you up on that. Um, but instead, we'll move on to the beer that you actually can drink. And um, while it's no 11% Imperial Stout, it is an 8% double IPA. So it's the five, uh, the greater good, five IPA. Um,
1: They use five different hops in it. So you see where we're going. We're we're boycotting dry January for the greater good. Ooh, I like that. I keep telling myself that, and that's what I'm sticking with. But take a break if you need it, right? Of course. Absolutely. Be wet in January
0: responsibly. All right. And then without further ado... going to grab everyone's cups so we can
1: That line might live it in infamy.
0: <laughs> I can't take it!
1: <laughs> oh, there's too much silence while we pour beer here and we're all laughing at each other, so I'm going to try to push along. I'm trying here. not to
0: think about it. Anyway, so Adam's laying on the floor. He's rolling around just trying to like keep himself together. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Let's get back to it. So five hops, it's all hops that are sourced locally, mostly in Massachusetts. Um, Basically, Greater Good, I don't believe I've mentioned them on the show before, but they are an all-imperial brewery, meaning the lowest ABV they will do is 8%. They will not do anything below it. They have a double IPA that rings in at 12%, the Greylock. That's one of of my favorites. That uh, they, They don't release often and probably for good reason. Um, it's a twelve percenter that does not drink like a twelve percenter. Um, it's really good. I, I got to tell you, it kind of has a like an apple, like an to
1: it. And I'm not a big cider fan, but you know, now that you say that, I can I can feel the apple. It's you know? like a dry apple in there. It's yep. really
0: good.
1: Like, my my question to you, what's
0: the IBUs on this? You know, I don't know, and they don't always put them on these. I would say if I had to guess, I would say this is probably sitting around like the 50 or so percent mark. Yeah, say like a low 60. Yeah,
1: because yeah. it's there. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, IBUs is kind of a measure of... It's International Bitterness
0: Units. So that's just essentially exactly what it said. It's how bitter the beer is going to taste. Right. And this is... And it's usually done on a scale of one to a hundred. There is stuff that comes in over a hundred. Um Dogfish 120 minute will clock in it. I think it's 120 or 130 IBUs. Mm-hmm. So it's big and it's bitter. I love good uh, I, I love this beer. I love their pulp daddy and then yeah, they're pulp oh, daddy all, yeah. and then they have one called Smooth with like yeah. five O's and it is, as the
1: name says. This is my first time. I really I'm liking this. And you know, y'all know how I feel about where my ABV needs to be. I'm, that 8% is like my spot, you know? You and it's up like in, right on the
0: cusp of being like a little bit on the – because you taste the booze there. It's not like – you know, I know we've used like an invisible whatever percent as like a measurement in the past, and it's not there. But it's uh,
1: – it's, for an 8%er, it's drinking awfully light. It drinks nice. It absolutely does. So if you're only going to have a couple of beers – this is a great beer to have. If you're gonna have eight, probably not. Um, it tastes great. Obviously it's available at Grapes and Grains, but it's out there, it's a local beer brewed in Massachusetts. Do we know what town? Yes, it's Worcester. It's yeah. a Worcester. It's a Worcester beer.
0: Gotcha. So if you're up there grabbing your worm town, make sure you stop and get yourself a greater good. Uh, beverage as well. I gotta tell you though, the after flavor of this is fantastic. The lighter is perfect. It's not like, it doesn't get bitterer in your mouth. Bitter, 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 bitterer, bitterer, It's not the most bitterest beer that I've ever had. I uh, So this one I actually took out from my little beer stash. This is actually probably one of my favorite greater good beers. So it's this one and then the Greylock. Unfortunately, I don't have any of that because anytime... So
1: I gotta stop you right there. What he just said is he took it out of his beer stash. Now, when I first met Joey Grapes, he was this clean shaven. I think maybe a goatee or something. It Definitely was like a small, very short beard. It was it was clean cut. Now he legitimately has a stash big enough to store a beer in. Hence his beer stash. And sometimes it does. <laughs> I'm going to hang with him until he grows a man bun. Oh man! Uh, no, Once no, man bun. We're done. Yeah, we're all. We're all. Oh boy. Oh man, I hate for that We're to have. Close.
0: It's getting there. So, anybody, any good barbers in the New England area, you know, that's your. Uh, <clears throat> I got one of my daughter's hair ties if you want it. <laughs> no, I got to get those. you seen those manly bands? It's like they got like, they're supposed to be, you know, hair ties for men. They've got, you know, machine guns and rockets and shit like that the on The fact it, that you know. know
1: about that just scares the shit out of me. Look, you should
0: see some of the crap that comes up on my Facebook. It's like, I'll get stuff that's targeted right to me. You know, that one I will say is a little on the nose. And then there will be others that are like, you know, do you have like multiple sclerosis? Take this medicine. So I, I can't blame what comes up on my Facebook feed because uh, okay. they're always listening. So, they're so- always listening, even when they...
1: Think you aren't, I guess? So I've noticed, whether it's Texas or Florida, wherever I've been, up here in New England, there's this thing about beer guys. They all have to have that beard and the long hair now. Very rarely do you meet somebody who does beer with short hair and a clean cut. And when I met Joe, he was a marginal beer guy. Now it's it's been about two years since he got into the business. The beard has grown to this full escapade of hair. His hair's down his back. That's a little bit of a stretch, but it's funny anyway. He's become Beer Man, as we love to call him. My alter
0: ego is Beer Man. Beer Man. I'm a simple, you know, alcohol monger by day, but then I shred the, I don't know, attire of the establishment and
1: become Beer Man. Nice. Drunken savior of the night. So we've got the mad scientist, the commish, and beer man. Beer man. Signing off from the beer conversation. We're going to come back on the other side. And when you're drinking beer, you got to do what? You got to grill. You got to barbecue. You got to cook some good meat. So we're going to bring back the barbecue bombshell. Yep, that's her name, folks, the barbecue bombshell. And she kind of lives up to it. So we'll, we'll let it go. Um her name is Rachel. We're gonna bring her on. We're gonna talk reverse searing. So we'll see you on the other side, y'all. We're gonna go pay some bills right now and hey y'all, it's a commish. Head on over to the website from the tailgate.com and click on Barbecue Guys. At some point during this year, if a new grill is in your future, these are the folks you want to look into. They have just about every grill and every brand you can imagine. What I really like is they have these unbelievable, straightforward, honest, expert reviews on each and every one of them. So you really get a sense of which one is right for you. They also offer fast, free shipping, and they're doing a winter sales event right now where you can save up to 40% plus, get 0% interest for 12 months. How can you go wrong there? Get your grill now, get your grilling game on, and get ready for a big tailgate season, y'all. Once again, from the tailgate.com, click on the barbecue guys icon. It'll take you to their site for all kinds of great discounts. We are back, and we've done enough sports talking and beer drinking talk, so we're going to move right into food. And we have not one, but two grilling gurus with us today one sitting across from me the mad scientist y'all know him as adam and and then we have rachel she's new to the show and she's the barbecue bombshell she's in massachusetts and anytime i have the opportunity to find a barbecue person with some good skills in new england i gotta talk to him so her and i chatted and i said boy you've got to come on the show so without further ado, Rachel, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
1: Outstanding. So we talked about what's a good subject to lead off the year with. And we all agreed that something that you could do at home this weekend, no matter what type of cooking stuff you have, what type of grill, stove, oven, doesn't matter. And we came up with, let's talk about reverse searing steak So, without further ado, I'm gonna hand the floor over to Adam, and Adam and Rachel are gonna talk about reverse searing. We'll let Adam kind of kick it up, and we'll go from there.
0: All right, so for the next hour, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start off with talking about what reverse searing is.
1: Folks, I just wanna tell you that he said, I have a half hour and I gotta be out of here, so don't (laughs) buy it.
0: So, what, what reverse searing is, is the exact opposite of what most people have been ingrained and trained to do, where you sear the meat first, seal in all the juices, and then cook it low and slow. Now, that's great, but there are other techniques, and if you just close your eyes, you'll never see what those other techniques are out there in the world. And reverse searing is the exact opposite of what we've been trained. So reverse searing is where you cook it low and slow, you keep it moist, you try and keep that, that color through the steak, or whatever you're cooking, uh, consistent, and then at the very end you throw the heat on it really hard, really fast. So you either hit it with a hot oven, or you can put it on a searing pan like a skillet or a really hot grill, or my personal favorite is where everyone goes all kooky dooks and uses a blowtorch. Uh, you gotta be careful with the blowtorch and how you use it because, you know, you y- can it is fine well it's also because you could potentially make your meat taste like propane yes. so you got to be really cautious on that you know you're going to take a big bite and it's going to taste like gas yeah
1: matt groark taught yeah. you how to use the uh, flame
0: <laughs> so. so that's that's what reverse searing is and and um you know i i use it a lot when i do sous vide cooking so i'm, I'm cooking it really low and slow and, and a water bath and then at the very end, how do you, how do you get a, that beautiful color? Because again, the outside, that, that caramelization is flavor, you know? And you got it. You got to hit it with the hot heat. So,
1: so your personal is. preference is to do the sous vide and then hit it on the grill or torch it or whatever the case may yeah. be.
0: Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually sous videing at home right now. Um, I'm probably 18 hours into a 36 hour cook with duck legs. We're doing duck leg confit for dinner tomorrow. So we're finishing it off. I'm gonna finish it off in a really hot oven, get a really quick sear on the skin.
1: I'm just not there with the sous vide thing. Rachel said something to me about it too. I'm just not there. There was a guy Ian who played for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he sous vide everything. He's the guy who said the thing. I used to use the dishwasher to do it. He's an insane human being. But anyway, I digress. Rachel and I talked about the sous vide. She got one for Christmas. That right, Rachel? Santa
2: was with me. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, have you used it yet?
2: You know, I haven't used it yet. Um, I have read more about how, you know, in in watching people cook and learning along the way, I've seen a lot of people using the sous vide to reheat and to bring you know barbecue back to life once it's a day old or different things like that. Um, I've always been kind of afraid of the sous vide in terms of reverse sear because I feel like moisture is the opposite of what's gonna get you a good sear. And so I've been hesitant to use it because Um, I've been so successful with the smoker doing it. Um, but again, it's always a learning process. So I'm, I would be down to get down with some 36 hour confit dumplings though. I mean, that's amazing.
1: So let me, Um, let me just interrupt you real quickly there. Yeah. I just want to say that already your segment is better because you said moisture and Adam said moist. That word is poison to me. I hate that word moist. (laughs)
0: Really? You don't like a nice, moist brisket? No, no, I don't.
1: I like when it's filled with moisture.
0: You ever just wake up and the dew's out there and you're like, boy, this is a really moist morning? Okay,
1: that's enough. We're going to get back to things now. All right, so tell me, we've already heard how Adam does it with the sous vide, and he's done it, obviously, all the other ways. Him and I have uh, cooked a turkey about every which way you can, and some hams, and et cetera, et cetera. God knows the brisket. He's the genius. Tell me how you would do a reverse sear using the equipment you have at home.
2: Okay, well, first of all, it, um, you need to fall in love with a good butcher because the meat that you use is going to make the biggest difference. I, um, we usually do, I had to stop, I'm sorry, I don't mean to stutter here. I had to stop thinking about one steak per person and really start thinking about the ounces instead. So instead of buying, two or three steaks for my family. We buy one big, one and a half to two inch cut piece. And usually it's either ribeye or New York strip. I like New York strip personally um, better, but that's just me. Um, And again, it was having to retrain the brain to think about, you know, as a as a cook growing up in my family you know searing always sealed in the juices and lock them in when really the reverse here helps to create a drier texture almost like a a quick dry aging process and with the smoke infusion i just find that the taste is out of bounds and then i usually finish it off either in a cast iron pan on a high heat um or on the on my blackstone griddle um, but I've also done it just on the grill at a higher heat. Um, and what's beautiful about it is that at the end of your cooking process, you don't have to let that meat rest. Because it's already rested in between the the time of bringing it slowly up to that temperature and then jacking the heat up and putting it back on to sear. So you're not... It, it's much more foolproof way to make a steak, I feel, because, you know, the other way, you know, a regular quote unquote way to cook a steak would be to throw it on and after so many minutes, you flip it, but you're one to two minutes away from a great steak or a meh steak, you know? And and this just kind of adds a lot of what um, Adam was saying about the consistency of the cooks that you're going to end up doing.
1: So when I came back from Texas, I was in a position where I didn't have the ability to grill. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time that I kind of did my first reverse sear. And I did it, and this is kind of the point, folks. I did it with an oven and a lodge pan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, so what I did is I put it in nice and low in the oven, and I got it to the point I wanted it to be at temperature-wise. And then I pulled it out, and I put it in the, the steel skillet. I, I love lodge because it's got those little uh, – strips in it so it comes out looking like you just pulled it off the grill and i put it on there on the highest heat i could get and whacked it on each side for like a minute and a half 90 seconds on each side and it came out perfect for me so as a single guy there's a lot of times where you just want to cook a quick meal you don't want to go out and get the grill going and all that stuff this is a great way to do it so you throw it in the oven or you throw it on the smoker or the sous-vide. There's three choices right there that we've discussed so far. And you get it to just where you need it to be. Adam, tell us about what they should be looking for when they're just low and slow. What kind of look to it? What kind of color?
0: So you definitely want your internal temperature to, to make sure you hit that. Um, obviously, safety is key. Right. Um, so really, you, you need to know your doneness levels first. And, and you know, So let's say a medium easy. rare. Yeah, so, but it, it depends on the size cut steak you get. So a one-inch steak is going to cook faster than a two-inch sure. steak. I mean, I, I have to agree with Rachel. I love a New York strip over a ribeye because yeah. the the marbling of a New York strip is perfect. There's, you know, it you get that nice thick cut. That's what it's all about. So. um I, I, as far as dumbness goes, but I I like to use the fist method where you touch right where the base of your thumb is, and with an open hand, that's a medium rare. You slightly make a fist without clenching, and that you got yourself a a, a medium, and then you you go and you clench the fist and you got a well. So there's that way to check the dumbness, but with a steak, you, I, I, I don't like my steak cooked over 124. So if you, if you want a nice, Rare to medium rare steak. You cook it to 120, 124, pull it off, pat it dry, and then sear it on a really high heat.
1: Yeah, and the patting it dry was a good point. And I also think
0: the Gordon Ramsay way. I do like this way where you throw in some brown butter with some fresh herbs, and when you, while you're we searing just it, it, you ladle it on top of the meat to really infuse that flavor. And people don't think, oh, well, I'm not using salt or dried herbs and packing it onto that meat that it's not going to get flavor. But it really does. You're going to get that herbaceous flavor from it.
1: So we got the sophisticated way of doing it with the sous which I've still not done fully. We're doing it next week. Okay, I'm cool. I'm bringing my
0: sous next week. We're right, doing sous next deal. week. Deal.
1: You might have to come down and hang out with us and do the show next week. I'm going to tell you
0: right now, when you sous-vide chicken, you think you're about to kill off an entire population of whoever eats it because you you sous-vide that thing at 145.
2: And you're like, that's not
0: right. But because of the long time that you sous-vide it for, it actually pasteurizes the chicken. And I will tell you this right now, it is the moistest
1: meat you've ever had.
0: I'm sorry, I brought it up again. It's okay.
1: If he says moist one more time, I'm going to smack him.
0: So I, I just got to ask, because like, I, I feel like Sue eating something like chicken, does it have a smell to... Like, essentially, you're just boiling it. Well, like, first salt. of all, if any of your meat has a smell, you don't cook it. Okay? If it has a strong—if you walk into a fishmonger, or uh, you're walking by the meat counter of a, a place that has chicken or steak, and it's got that sort of smell, you really, truly smell it, like, it's not good. It's already putting off—it's already putting out gases, so that's that's a problem. So there should be no smell, and, and when, when you finish it and sear it, it's gonna, it, it'll finish just looking like a regular chicken. See, I'm a, a straight-up sous vide novice, so I, I have no clue. And I mix, I mix sous vide with smoke, so I will put a pre-smoke on the meat, and then I'll finish it in the sous vide to get it to the proper temperature. But that smoke. When you smoke a brisket, the first three hours are the most critical point of smoking a brisket to get that flavor. In
1: yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, this was gonna be a reverse serum. Boy, I feel like we've teed up next week with a sous vide. I, am I saying that moist, moisture. We're just having a word issue today. I didn't say it. I'm going for the hat trick, though. Uh, you've already passed the hat trick, dude. Um, so maybe what we do, Rach, is we schedule next week so that maybe you can come visit us and you guys could do it together.
2: That'd be amazing. I'll do my own suveed and you can show me how to use it. <laughs> I'll get a little training.
1: There we go. There we go. I, I have uh, now, this is my seventh year of really being, sixth year really, of being wrapped up in barbecue. And there are two types of barbecue people. There are The people that think they know everything and they don't want to hear from anybody. And then there are the people who just want to soak up as much knowledge and learn as much as they can. And it's a friendly social mechanism. That's the folks that I want to be talking to.
2: But that's how I feel all cooking is, is that you never know everything. That's the beauty of it, is that there's always something new to taste or try or a new technique. And it's always, you know, you you look at some of these, just on Instagram, some of these pages where people are doing this amazing, these amazing, you know, sort of niche market things that they love. and, And it's fun to see everyone's passion that way. So, I don't know. I'm just always a forever learner. And, um... Adam, do you find any disadvantages to the to the reverse
0: sear process? Um it depends on your timing. Timing can be a disadvantage. And yeah. as far as anything else, no, not really. I think it sears in the, the flavor just as good. I know a competition barbecue people who do a reverse sear smoking and then finish it off really hot too. So So is there a big advantage doing it? One way versus the other, the sear at the beginning versus the end. The advantage is whatever you take advantage of whatever technique works best for you, and that's that's the thing about barbecue. You take advantage of whatever technique you like to eat the most, and it's fun to play with different ways. Don't if you pigeon your hope yourself into one way is the right way. Just like what what the commissioner over here said, you're gonna you're never gonna try anything new. I mean, every every day is an opportunity to put a different flavor in mouth.
1: I had not reverse seared a steak until I had no other choice in my mind. And that was when I didn't have a place for my grill yet when I got up here. And that's just how it had to happen. And I'm telling you, I enjoyed it. I liked trying something different. And you're right, Adam. It came out amazing. Now, am I going to go away from my original, traditional, what I've been doing for a long time? No. But... Every once in a while, the opportunity is going to arise to do it that way, and I'm going to do it. So this is just another opportunity.
2: The only disadvantage that I have found is that if you're a person who's really into pan sauces, that the reverse here doesn't necessarily give you all that fond that you really want in the pan, only because, really, all the juices are kind of staying inside that meat. And so that's the only thing, I mean, if you can take the time to do it, it's worth doing because you don't even need anything, especially if you're using, you know, fresh garlic, fresh rosemary, and searing right on it, and all those things that Adam was saying. Um, But that's the only thing I found to be kind of like, hmm, you know, I wish, if you're you're doing, you know, any sort of sauce. Two two words for you,
0: Rachel. Compound butter.
2: Okay, okay, don't either. That's like, that's like, I have an IV drip of compound butter just about. It's delicious. I use them all the
1: time. That's how I became an overgrown center instead of a running back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, listen, it sounds like we need a part two here on this one. So why don't we do this? Let's wrap it here today. Folks, do some homework. Try some of these ideas that we've put out there for you. And next week, we're going to come back a little bit more full force and actually... Get deeper into the, how do we say it, guys? Sous-vide? The vide vide Moist. Moist. What? That's how you say it. <laughs> Rach, tell us where everybody can find you.
2: I am um, on Instagram at, um, at barbecue bombshell, barbecue bombshell. And I'm also on Facebook. This is something I just kind of started in August, and it's kind of taken off like crazy.
1: And um, That's how we found you.
2: It's really, really been a fun time. Twenty twenty kind of threw a wrench into everyone's works, and uh, this has definitely given me, you know, the reason that uh, the reason to kind of get out of bed and try something new every day. So that's
1: awesome. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's been great. Before I let you go, yeah. Remember, coach your husband, Diet Miller.
2: <laughs> Diet Miller and note self, don't say moist. <clears throat> those two.
1: Have a great day, and we'll see you next week.
2: All right. Thank you so much. Sounds great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in. We love having you as part of our Tailgate family. Until next time, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FromTheTailgate. Or check out all kinds of cool stuff on our website, from grilling tips to music playlists, sports updates, and more all at fromthetailgate.com.